God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain sect. So, for the past two days, we have been talking about how regeneration works. And the idea of regeneration means that the Lord possesses fully every faculty in man. So, the Lord dwells in us on all levels. That is the idea of regeneration. And it is because we were made as vessels. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We were made as vessels. And as vessels, we are supposed to contain the Lord. When I say contain, characteristically, we are supposed to contain the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we know of the various levels of the mind and how that the Lord seeks to possess us on all levels. And when man thoroughly yields to the Lord this way, that man becomes an ascended man. Hallelujah. Because then the faculties of the man that were carnal and natural have now been elevated into spirituality. Hallelujah. So even though in ascension, the idea is that man is the one that is climbing to God, or what is below is the one that is climbing up to what is above. It is only an appearance. It is rather what is above that descends into what is beneath. Hallelujah. So the ascension is also the descent of the Lord into us. And the Lord's nature in us elevates us. It elevates us in terms of the realm where we dwell or the realm that we are subject to. And it brings us into a different realm. Hallelujah. So all that we are trying to do is to help us understand how this thing works so that we can yield ourselves more to God. And then also we can know what is happening. Okay? Yeah, it's important to know what is going on with you. You see, I realize that that is one of the most important things because the enemy likes to hide undercover. You see, so the enemy likes it that it is able to operate in your life without you knowing that he is operating. You see, so if you don't understand how these things work, 
then the enemy can hide and operate and you will not even know. Hallelujah. And then also, at times, some of us disagree with God when he tells us things. And it is because we are blind. We can't see. So we think that what God is showing us is not inside. You see. And it's because we don't know. We don't understand. But when we begin to understand, then we will know what God is really talking about when he brings certain things up. Hallelujah. So, you see, knowledge is very important. Amen. Especially to the one that has good intentions, the one that has determined that which is good, which has to do with the rational level, right? From that point, knowledge is very important because knowledge then gives you the know-how. It gives you the means, and that's the intermediate, right? So it's important that you understand many things as to how the journey you want to undertake, how it works. Amen. Amen. So I know that at times when we explain these things, it may seem like it's a lot. Do you understand that? And it is true that it is a lot. Some of the expressions and words and constructions that are being used, you are not familiar with it like that. It's not in your everyday conversation. But you don't also conclude then that you cannot understand. Every understanding we labor to understand. Do you understand that? Yeah, so you have to also labor to understand and to put in perspective what it is that you are hearing so that you lay the blocks, you lay the paths, you prepare yourself to live your life in a certain way. So it's important. If you give up on any truth, you have given up on a weapon. Do you understand that? So you tell us, oh, I don't get it. I don't. And you are comforted. You know, interesting thing. At times, you don't understand something, but you are there, sitting there. You see, when they teach you and you don't understand, do you know what makes you rise up to want to understand? When you know that exams is coming, right? Yeah. I'm also saying that the things that are being taught to you, exams come. Just that maybe you don't care about that exam. Do you see? But exam will come. And then you find that because you don't understand some things, you are not able to deal with the enemy. And then also, it helps you yourself to be able to deal with others, to help others. Do you see? You see, at times, prophecy is not necessarily being able to zoom into the spirit and see something, even though that is prophecy. At times, to know so much can make you a prophet. Do you understand that? Because you understand. Amen. Amen. And because you understand, you can easily tell where somebody is walking when they tell you their story. So you are sitting there like a fetish priest. Right? When a person tells you their story, you can begin to tell them what is wrong with them and what is happening and where they I tell you, you don't need to look anywhere. It's just that you know the terrain. Do you understand that? You have understanding. So, 
that also makes you able in terms of helping people. Hallelujah. In terms of helping people. Sometimes to read people is not a difficult thing. This is, yeah. To read people is not a difficult thing. It's just an understanding of the theory. And of course, it shouldn't be an understanding that is separate from experience. So it's not like you know things that you are not living by, right? It should be an understanding that works from experience. It's quite then easy to see where a person is. I'm convinced that the spiritual life is not difficult. Hallelujah. You may think it's difficult. That's those who think it's difficult. You think so because you also don't know many things. This is. If you begin to understand many things, you realize that it's not difficult. It's not difficult. And you find it that the more God exposes you to certain understandings, you realize that, oh, okay. Then that's how things work. You see? So you must apply yourself and try to understand. Do you see? When you go, we have to be laboring. You see, me, do you know what makes me believe that you will understand what I'm teaching you? You know what makes me believe? I understand it. Do you see? So if I can understand it, then you should understand. Because I also just have a mind and inside like you yourself. You have mind and inside. Do you see? Somebody was saying that, hey, how do we share our message, which is a bit unconventional, for people to believe. And I say, you have believed. You are not special. Do you see? So as you, it was shared in a very normal way for you to believe. You to share it with somebody. Or you are special. Either you have believed, you are special. You are not special. So the same way you believe, someone else will also believe. Do you see? At times you don't realize that it's as simple as that. So we think that, hey, Charlie, who will believe? By you, you believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, yesterday we spent a lot of time talking about the rational mind or the rational level of the mind and then the intermediate, right? Yeah. So, we continue from there today. Today, our aim is to touch the sensory level, okay? But again, like I said yesterday, these are not isolated. So, they overlap. So you find that in the explanations, we still have to look at the rational and then the intermediate again. Hallelujah. So I've organized my message in such a way that I believe by the time I'm done, I would have told you everything I want to tell you. Do you see? At times it's tricky when you are teaching people. At times you finish and you have not said some of the things you want to say. So I've organized my message so that I'm going to say everything to you, at least for today. Do you understand that? Okay. So in the spiritual man, the man that is spiritual, do you understand that? So we have a man that is spiritual, a man that is carnal. Do you see? So the spiritual man is what we are trying to become. Do you understand that? Okay. So let's look at the rational level of the spiritual man. In the rational level of the spiritual man, he has determined for himself what is good. Do you understand that? And that good is to love the Lord above all else. 
Do you see? So that's the rational man. He has determined what is good, and that good is to love the Lord above all else. Now, to love the Lord above all else also means that what the Lord calls good is what now he's subscribing to. Do you see? You see, at times when we talk about loving the Lord, it's as if we must do something for God. It's when God loves us that it is about he doing something for us. Do you understand that? You have to catch a spirit. You have to catch a spirit. This is not a purely academic work. Hallelujah. So don't turn it into an academic work, please. You must catch a spirit because the aim of God is to expose the enemy to you. Do you understand that? So you can rise up with a certain heat to also respond to him. Amen. All right. So when we say God loves us, he wants to do us good, right? But when we say we love God, it can't be that then we want to do God good. What do you think? What good can we do to God? The good that we think can be comes from God. So it is rather God that does us good by being in us as goodness. Okay? So now if we say we are loving God, it has to do with we yielding ourselves to him. Do you understand that? In other words, then what he calls good, we also now call good. What he calls righteousness, we also now call righteousness. That is our love for God. Our love for God is to receive of who he is and make it our own. That's what it means to love God. So the spiritual man in the rational, rational level considers what is good. And this good has to do with his love for God. And his love for God is in seeing the things that God calls good and subscribing to those things. Please you understand that. So that's the spiritual man. And then he also has an acceptance for the commandment of God concerning his goodness. Because it is the word of God that teaches what goodness is, what is good, right? So now you don't just accept what is good. You also accept the word that says that this is good. And that is the rational level of the spiritual man. So he then intends this good, right? He intends this good. Now this good is from the Lord. This good is from the Lord. So he intends the good that God says he must intend. Now, I'm not talking about how we are regenerated. I'm just talking to you about the spiritual man. So the spiritual man intends what is good. And his intention for what is good is coming from what God calls good. So he wills what is good. That's in the rational. Now, in the intermediate, he thinks what is true. Okay? He thinks what is true. But in this case, this truth is in the realm of means. It is not the truth that teaches what goodness is. It is the truth that teaches how goodness can be achieved. See, there are different types of truths. Some truths teach you that this is good. And then some truths also teaches you how to achieve what is good. Please understand that. So in the intermediate mind or intermediate level, the spiritual man concerns himself with the truth that teaches him how to achieve the good that he has seen from the Lord. So he's open to truth. Hallelujah. He's open to truth. Now this truth, he learns it from the word of God. He learns it from the word of God. Just like the knowledge of his will, he also learns it from the word of God. Amen. Amen. He learns it from the word of God. 
the knowledge of his will. We are back to the rational. That knowledge of his will, he learns it from the word of God. And then he intends it. Now, when he has actually become spiritual, this intention is no more the initial intention that he has when he starts to become spiritual. Remember that. When we say that the rational mind is partially opened because now this man begins to intense that which is good. Even though deep inside his rational mind, there is another will which is for that which is evil. Yesterday we learned that, right? Yes. Now in this case, in this spiritual man's life, these two things don't exist anymore. He now intends what is good purely from the depth of his heart. Now it has happened because of regeneration. It has happened because of what? regeneration. And because of regeneration now, he is not just about, oh, let me intend what is good, but he wills it from the depth of his heart. So he also considers that without any interference from his heart, he considers that which the Lord says is good to be good. In the same way, at the intermediate level, he learns truth initially from God's word as to how the good that he intended previously will be achieved. Do you understand that? So that he learns it. He learns how these things work. Because in the intermediate level is where we learn to draw conclusions about the things of this world and then human beings, right? Now, when God's word comes in, it teaches us the proper conclusions we must draw. Left to our own, our conclusions and all those things will not be accurate, except only the ones that has to do with science. Now we'll get it right. But even though the sentiments behind it will get it wrong. Hallelujah. All right. So he learns the word of God. Now, when the intermediate is completely developed, which happens when there's regeneration, now he knows this truth by which he would execute the good by perception. So I'm showing two things. Yesterday, I explained to you how we are regenerated. We start by learning the word of God that teaches us what goodness is, right? And then we begin to intend that good. When we intend that good, we are in the rational mind, right? Then we learn the word of God as to how this good that we intend may be done. Do you see? When we learn that word and we begin to now do it, the intermediate part is also now opened. Do you understand that? Now opened up to God. Do you understand that? But its development is not yet complete. Just as the rational mind to its development is not yet complete. So now because of that, we enter now the lower level, which is the sensory. And that's where the temptations come in. Now when we overcome in temptations, the rational mind that we began with by intending that which is good, it now becomes completely developed. And this time, it's not the initial intent, but it's a deeper form of intention because the evil has been removed. The previous evil that our initial good intention operated with side by side, that previous evil has now been removed. Do you understand that? So now we have a more interior or internal will that aligns with God. Then when we come to the intermediate, before the truth that we know were learnt, the truths were learned from God's word. And it is by those truths that we applied ourselves to try and produce the good which led us into temptation. Please you understand that. At that level now, we learn the truth again. But this time, it is not from the external. It is by perception. So when we talk of perception and when we talk of the spirit of God, right? The spirit of truth. The impact of the spirit of truth in terms of how it affects our perception is in the intermediate level 
of the mind. So before we knew that the word of God that you know, right, when you know it from the external, it's not enough, right? You must know it in the spirit, right? The part of you that you now use to know the word in the external is the intermediate. But there's an inner part of the intermediate that you will now use to know the word in the spirit. But that does not happen except you overcome. Please you understand that. In the same way, the rational, the initial part where you begin to intend good, there's an inner part of the rational that when you have overcome, begins to intend what is good. And when that happens, then your rational is no more fighting. There's no more conflict. There's freedom to intend that which the Lord wills. Is that okay? Now that's when a man has become spiritual. So this man now from love of what is good perceives that which is true and then acts. All of it is from the inside. But when a man is trying to become spiritual, it's different. That one, you learn the truth about what is good. You learn the truth about how the good will be discharged and then you do it. When you do it in your life, when you do it in your life, then you are admitted into temptations. Hallelujah. When you are admitted into temptations, it means that now all the things that you have learned and done before is now going to be turned into what is spiritual. So when you succeed in temptation, then your rational mind is affected again. Please understand that. Your rational mind is affected again. A new heart will I give unto you, right? Now that old heart will be taken away. The stony heart will be taken away. Before when you were intending because you had learned from the word of God, still the stony heart was there. You understand that? When you are trying to walk away from evil, don't you see that the evil is still there? Don't you see that you have a certain affinity for that evil? Yes, that is the stony heart. Do you see? But when the overcoming has taken place, the stony heart is taken out of the way and then a heart of flesh comes in. Now that heart of flesh is the heart of the spiritual man. Do you get it? Before, when you are trying to become spiritual, you are not yet spiritual. So when you intend what is good, it's not the spiritual intent that God is looking for. But when you overcome, your will is now affected and then you now intend what is good from the interior part of your will. Amen. Now, in the same way, you learn truths. And when you learn it, it's in the intermediate part of your mind, okay? But there's another truth that must come and fail the truth that you learn. Do you see? Now, that truth comes when you overcome and your eyes are open. So this truth now comes from heaven and comes to hide inside the initial truths that you knew from the intermediate. Do you understand that? It comes to hide inside and then makes that truth alive. Do you understand that? Now, we move to the sensory part. So now, this person in the intermediate, what he's trying to do is to love the neighbor. Hallelujah. What he's trying to do is to love the neighbor. Then we come to the sensory, the sensory part. In the sensory part, now, the sensory part becomes a servant to the higher part, the rational and the intermediate. The sensory part now becomes a servant. With their own spiritual mind, the sensory part is what rules. But with the spiritual man, the sensory part is what becomes a servant. So in the spiritual man's life, the impulses from the senses and the pleasures that come with it are not what controls him. He rather now judges the impulses and places them in their right places and causes the external or the sensory part of the natural mind to serve the higher things that he has gained. Hallelujah. Please understand that. 
Okay. So the sensory part, what does it do in the spiritual man? The sensory part, it does what the rational is intending and what the intermediate is perceiving. Okay? Then it does it. So now the sensory part becomes a servant of the rational, the spiritual rational, and then the spiritual intermediate. Do you understand that? So now the sensory part does that. Amen. And then it finds pleasure in it. So now its pleasure is no more coming from the external and the impulses and the feelings that come from the external. You see, the pleasure, the place of pleasure that is in the senses, it was not made to be inspired from the external. It was made to be inspired from the internal. Do you understand that? So when actually pleasure is inspired, you see the feeling of pleasure. You see, like the Bible talks about joy unspeakable, right? That joy unspeakable is felt in the sensory part of you. That's where it's felt. But it is felt there not from the senses. It is felt there from the higher part, which is the transformed rational and the transformed intermediate. Do you understand that? So now the spiritual man now begins to find pleasure in doing good. And it is not the pleasure that is derived from the senses. I was explaining to you even about sex, that you think that the pleasure of sex is just going according to the senses. And then the feelings, when they touch you, you understand. You think that that is pleasurable, but that pleasure cannot be compared to the pleasure that is felt still during sex, when the sex is done from a transformed rational and a transformed intermediate. That pleasure far outweighs the pleasure of sex that is done only from the sensory level. Do you see? I know you don't believe it. But it's true. You see, God, he knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. He knows what he's doing. All that you have, he made it. You see, your feelings, he made it. Do you see? But it has gone rogue. It has gone rogue. It means that when you come to God, you don't stop feeling. You don't stop the enjoyment and the pleasure and things. So it doesn't stop. It is rather brought in its proper alignment. That's what happens. There are people that think that when you serve God, it's like, you see. Actually, that kind of feeling is not just because you have misunderstood God. It's also because your senses still want to rule. So he's painting God black before you. Do you see? By convincing you that see all this pleasure. Do you see? If you follow this man, what he's teaching you, you are going to turn into a very dry, right? <laughs> That's the spiritual man. Please, you get it. So now in the spiritual man, the senses are influenced by the higher levels. Amen. So there's a reinterpretation of the sensory impulses from the perspectives of the above. So the sensory impulses that come, they are reinterpreted. So the higher levels judge and place the wrong ones in their place and then sustain the right ones. Amen. A screening, there's a screening as to what is allowable, right, and what is not. And even what is allowable to the extent that it is allowable. You see, so it's not just pleasure, 
by pleasure in moderation. What is moderation? When we say moderation, what does it mean? In its right amount. It doesn't go to the extreme. It's in between. Balanced. Moderation. You see, no matter you think that moderation is don't do it too much. It's not a good idea or a good interpretation of moderation. Moderation is the right way of doing it. Do you see? So there's the right way and the right measure. That's moderation. Do you see? So example, moderation is that, hey, then you will not be too happy. There's even the happiness, you have to limit it. No. You'll be very happy by it to be the right form of happiness. That's moderation. It will be the right kind. It will not have excess. Excess is to move into the flesh. In spiritual things, there's no excess. Do you see? There's no excess in spiritual things. So to do it in the spiritual way is moderation. Amen. So here, the senses do not rule, but are servants. Do you see? So the spiritual man, his senses are his servants. You see, when he feels like having sex, do you see? Which is a perfectly normal feeling. Do you see? But the spiritual man does not say then it is time to have sex. Do you see? The spiritual man must now look at what is good concerning sex. What is the will of God? The will of God is that in sex, you must actually have as your priority the blessing of the other person, right? That's the will of God. That's the intention of God, right? That's the will of God. The will of God concerning sex is that it must not be approved from a selfish point of view. See, the animal, right? The animal, when he feels like having sex, then he goes, right? Why? Because the animal does not have the higher faculties of the intermediate and the rational to control and to rule over the sensual. So once he feels like having sex, he sees that there is going to be pleasure. Well, the pleasure is also in the sensual part. There's going to be pleasure in that act. So he's controlled by the desire for that pleasure. The desire for pleasure is in the sensory part. Amen? Do you see? So uh, the way you feel like, like you feel angry, right? That's in the sensory part. Because where you feel pleasure is also where you feel pain. Do you get it? So where you feel this thing. So you feel angry, the animal, right, will then act based on the anger, right? But the proper human being, which is the spiritual human being, will now have to consider this anger, right? Judge it from the level of the rationale, right? Which has to do with what is good. And what is good must be to love the Lord. What is good must be to be selfless, not to love yourself. Because to love the Lord goes against to love yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good. So you judge it from there. You see? Then it comes to the intermediate. How to now discharge this selflessness or this love for God. Do you understand that? Then you will see that this love for God or selflessness and how to discharge it. It doesn't fit the definition that this your senses is giving to you about your anger. So you separate the sensory impulse that is driving you in the wrong direction and you put it somewhere. And then you reinterpret the sensory impulse. That is when the one that caused, in quotes, the anger 
you will not see that the person is the source of the anger. Do you see? You see the anger in your own self. So then you see that the anger is from yourself. Now that is interpreting things from the rational and the intermediate. You understand that? But from the sensory alone, the cause of the anger is the human being by you. The one that did it. But the one that is not an animal. Do you see? So the anger is coming from you. How would you see it? It's because you are now allowing the rational to cooperate with God and allowing the intermediate to cooperate with God. Those that don't allow, they won't see. They will still insist that the other person caused the anger. Or they will even say, oh, yes, it's true, but I still think the other person caused the anger because they've not agreed with God. You see? You see, to think that the anger is coming from you is not an attempt to make yourself feel bad. It's, like, it's not like they will say you hurt yourself. No, it's to be sensible because there, there is growth. Do you see? There, there is growth. You see? So then you interpret it differently. And then instead of thinking that then this is the enemy that must be destroyed, because if you think that the person is the one that has caused the anger, the person becomes the enemy, right? And that is where revenge is born. When you determine your enemy, revenge follows. It's automatic. The answer. So I will say that, oh, stop revenge, right? But you don't know how it works. So you find that you are still doing revenge things, even though you know you're here stop revenge. You must not determine the enemy from the outside. If you determine the enemy from the outside, your next step is revenge. You must determine the enemy from the inside. Then revenge ends. Do you see? So you say, this is the enemy. No, that's not the enemy. So now, when you are looking at it from above, then what will happen is that you are going to rather see the person as one to be pitied. Because they are the ones that are in evil. If you do evil against me, am I in evil? You are the one in evil, right? And the one in evil is the one that is in trouble. Right? That's how come Jesus said, love those who hurt you. It's not like like them all. Like just like them, like them and go. No. They need your help. You must move towards them in a way to help them because they are the ones to be pitied. This is how your whole life changes. Because your sensory part now has become a servant of the rational and the intermediate. But if you allow your sensory part to rule, which is the case with the unspiritual man, your sensory part will control you and dictate what it is that you do with your life. Amen. Amen. You understand that? All right. So now, in the spiritual man, the sensory level is a servant. It's what? A servant, not a master. Your feelings and your pleasure, the pleasures of the body and the hurts of the body, they are all servants. They don't dictate anything to you. Do you see? Why are you doing what you're doing? Oh, my feelings were hurt. No. That's to let the servant sit upon a horse. Do you see? You see that song? Oh, this song? The sons of God are walking on the floor. And then the servants are riding upon the horse. Do you see? Mm. So now the evil man. Amen. 
Now, the evil man has a pseudo rationale. I say pseudo because it is also his rationale, but it is not the rationale that God gives. Do you get it? So he too, he considers what is good. The evil man, he considers what is good. But what is good has to do with the love he has for himself. So it is not the love he has for God. It is the love that he has for who? Himself. Because at that rational level, always we determine what is good. The good that must be achieved. The good that must be done. Do you understand that? What is good? So now, he determines this good as what benefits him to the detriment of others. So he is the one that he loves. Do you understand that? So that is the unspiritual man. So he loves himself above all else. And he accepts it as the way that he must live. You see, now this thing about the unspiritual man, you will not readily see it. So you pay attention. That's why I tell tell you, oh, you love yourself. You will not see it. It's not obvious. It's not obvious. And there's a reason why it is not obvious. Because love for the self, eh, the man that is carnal feels love for the self differently in the senses. So you see, it's like there's a love for the self you see, like love for the self is there. But it's not like love for the self. It shows itself in the senses as something that this love for the self is fueling. Do you understand that? So it's like this love for the self is when we look, 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 look at what is your feelings and your pleasures in the senses that we see that you love yourself above all else. Do you understand that? For instance, a love for your body so you see, somebody's walking there. He loves his body. And his body to him or her is the primary asset. Do you get it? So when we look at such a person, the person may feel like, oh, I'm just keeping my body well, right? And I'm trying to look good, right? Which is not bad. Do you get it? But there is a way to do it that that one will be missing. That way will be missing. So you find that then this thing that the person is showing that he loves his body above all else. Emit is the love for self. So love for self in the rationale manifests as love for your body in the senses. Love for self in the rationale manifests as love for pleasure in the sensorial. So you love pleasure. So you seek pleasure above all things. And anything that will not bring you pleasure in the senses is something that you must reject. You are willing to go along with it except it takes away from you your pleasure in the senses. You are willing to go along with it only if it does not mean that you will suffer some discomfort. When you will suffer some discomfort, you will not do it. But when you look at it, it's just a discomfort of, oh, one person who be a thing. Oh, one person who be a baby and one person who meat. Oh, one person. Like, it may appear in a very simple, normal way. But within it is a love for self. So there are people that do good things for people. And because of they believe that they love God. But you realize that there's a limit to the goodness that they do. 
the moment it begins to inconvenience them, they will not do it. That means that you love yourself. So love for self is found in self-preservation. Those who love themselves in the rational level think that their body is the main person. Those who love God in the rational level think that the spirit in them is the main person. The other side, not the body. Those who love themselves in the rational think that the body is the main person. That's why those who love themselves who are unspiritual, eh, the senses is what rules. The priority is given to the senses because it's with the senses that the body covers. The body is just the senses, right? But it has some skin around it. That's all. Well, the body is just a communication of the senses. Amen. Yes. You understand that? Yeah. So when we talk of loving yourself above all else, at times, because their senses is what is ruling. It does not show that, ah, I love myself. That's why I'm doing this. I love myself. That's why I'm doing it. No, it shows in a different way. You are unwilling to sacrifice anything for anybody. You are unwilling to inconvenience yourself. If you suffer some pain to your body in order to get it done, you will not do it. Hallelujah. Your primary aim is to preserve the integrity of this, your physical body and to keep it Hallelujah. Did you understand that? All right. So that's to help us understand this loving yourself. Amen. So in the evil man, the pseudo-rational lives for himself. So that's the idea. To live for yourself is the real purpose of life. Do you find people thinking this way? Yeah. To live for yourself, that's an unspiritual man. That's a rational mind that is totally inclined to hell. Amen. Then we come to the intermediate. And the intermediate deals with what is true, right? How they may fulfill this thing that they have determined as good. And to them, how they will fulfill it is to love the world and to love the honor of men. So with the spiritual man, if you love the Lord, then how you'll be loving the Lord is to love the neighbor. Yes, so how you would do your things amongst men, right? That's the intermediate level for the spiritual man. But for the unspiritual man, his intermediate level, as he has settled that to love himself is the thing that he must pursue, his intermediate level is to love the world. Do you understand that? When we say love, though, you love money, mammon. Amen. And love for the world works together with love for the honor of men. Because it's at the intermediate level that we decide or we draw conclusions on how the world works. Love for the world. And how men think. Love for the honor of men. So love for the world and love for the honor of men is together in the intermediate realm as the evil that is there. Do you see? So those that are evil in the intermediate realm, they love the world above all else. Do you see? They love the world. And then they love the honor of men. Hallelujah. They love the honor of men. So now, this one too, when it is found in the sensory, right, it is not like, ah, I just love the world. What if you say love the world? Do you see? It's in the sensory 
as something. I've already mentioned it. So to love the world is to love wealth, to love money. So in the senses, they treasure money. They feel the pleasure in the senses when they have money. So they seek for the pleasure that money brings. So love for the world in the senses is love for money. You understand that? Love for the world is in the intermediate, right? But in the senses, it is love for money. When I say love for money, the worldly things of this world. All that you have to set on is to do property, to do a japadier, and to do this, and to gather this, and to... And you see, it brings satisfaction, right? That satisfaction is only in the senses. That satisfaction is only in the senses. Amen? That satisfaction is only in the senses. It's in the senses. That feeling, that pleasure. The other side of So they love money. They love the world. Amen? And to love the world is to love what? Money. And then, remember, those who love the world, they also love the honor of men. In their love for the money, the pleasure that it comes with is the status also that the money brings. So there's the pleasure of being able to have things. Right? Ah, see, I'm sitting on a golden chair. The other side, I'm sleeping on a what? <laughs> you see, it's human beings that do such things. So, you see, all my house is something, something, something. See the car that I drive, right? Yeah. So you take pleasure in this. So as you're saying, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. The one that loves the world thinks that this is my life now. Yes, and I'm rich because I possess a lot in this world. Do you see? That's how he thinks. And he has pleasure from that. Then he also attaches status. Status is what people will think. Status needs people. If there are no people, status is not anything. Yes, so that's where the love for the honor of men also comes in. So this person that loves the world attaches the status to the wealth attaches the glory to the wealth and he feels pleasure in it in the senses when men honor him because of his wealth. And they also honor men because of their wealth. Because that's the thing. Because they too, that's what they think is wealth. That's what they think is honorable. Like what is that? You're you know, sometimes the man does so. A young man, he has built two houses. And he says, I want you to be my mentor. <laughs> ah, when we see you, say, Hey, no, 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 please. Are you sure? You see that you know, the one teaching you is not ambitious. The one teaching you hasn't done anything with his life. Do you see? There's something that you are an unspiritual person. That's all. And that is why. There are people that are in your life that represent spiritual progress, but you have no respect and honor for them. You don't treasure them. You don't do, hey, hey, wow. Hey. But you don't shake when they pass. What, what is that they have? You see, let me tell you. I made up my mind that if you will not respect me, like because of what I am spiritually, don't respect me. You see, don't respect me. Important too. 
important. And some of you, it was difficult. Like, God had to visit you many times. There's a for you to say, hey, what man is? Because when you look at the man, is hey. The other side. But let somebody with a <laughs> come and park his car. And <laughs> let some politician, regional minister, something, something. No, that's a demon, no, but you don't see. You are just caught up. Like, it's a rapture, but it's not a proper rapture. You are caught up. <laughs> it's not easy. At times, you are something, but because you don't have shepherd, shepherd things around you, people don't respect you. It's not that you have the problem. It's the people who have the problem. They are carnal people. They are all spiritual people. Hallelujah. So the evil of the intermediate, when it is found in the senses, it is that we love the things that are of this world, right? And then we take pleasure in them. And then we love the status that it brings, which is the honor of men. Do you understand that? Yeah. The love for the honor of men. So now that's his intermediate. Then his senses, in the senses part, that is where he does such things. The things in the rational, the things in the intermediate, and then finds what? Pleasure in them. So he does things with his body that confirm the love for self and the world and the pleasures that he derives from such. In the sensory is also the fantasies about doing such things. So in the senses too, it's not just the one that you do. There's also in the inside of the senses, imagination, but these imaginations are fantasies. Every one of the levels have imaginations, but this one is what is called fantasy. You fantasize about the evil. This is where Jesus was confronted when he says that when you look at a woman lustfully, you have done what? You have committed adultery. Do you see? So some of us, there are evils that we have not done. There are evils that we have not gone for. We have not used ourselves to do. But we have done it in our minds. That's why when you fantasize about evil, like you insult somebody in your head, do you get it? I don't know if you have insulted somebody in your head. You realize that after that, you didn't need to insult them outside, right? The satisfaction just came. Ah, wow. <laughs> You see, so there's also pleasure that is derived from fantasizing about evil. And that is also in the sensory part. Hallelujah. As some of you are sitting here, you are virgins, right? Virgins only in the body. But in the spirit, you are not virgins. Do you understand? Because you have gone, do you understand? <laughs> You have done many things with your body, but without your body. Do you understand? And derived the satisfaction. Some of you here are married to one wife, one husband, but you are an adulterer because you are an adulterer in the fantasy part of your senses. And there you derive the satisfaction of having multiple partners. Do you understand that? 
That's where you derive the satisfaction from. So you don't need to go out because you fear. Then they'll catch you. Hey! Also, now so bad. <laughs> Somebody say he doesn't trust me. I'm going to be beer or no copem ban or cotto sofubi or say. Or copem ma, busy. Then you see. So, because you fear, you do it inside. You sit behind your computer and be married to several others. What do you think? Hey, it's adultery. <laughs> no, 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 you want to call it a bicep. That's what Jesus said. It's adultery. <laughs> it's adultery. So as you're sitting here like you have been faithful to one wife. My brother, you see, it's, like, it's only those of us in this world that think so. But in the spirit, do you understand that? You have several wives. And you take pleasure in it. So you are quietly enjoying the pleasures of adultery in the senses. Remember, adultery is love for variety, right? And it's born out of love for self. Do you see? Yeah. When you prefer yourself above all else, you don't give yourself wholly to anybody. You take the selves of others, right? See, that's why on the concept of polygamy that like it has come down, people are talking about. I saw a woman saying, oh, obeying himself, polygamy there is not against God. It's only when your senses are in charge that you think so. Well, then you think based on your feelings. Because the senses also has thinking. It's not just impulse, it has thinking. What it finds acceptable, it defines it according to what the feelings are. So I was saying, mekoha. Because me kwa, me fili bibi. Do you see? Like you get up and then you say, you are going to visit your boyfriend. Do you see? There's something that said you should go. You don't feel that I love myself. That is why I'm looking for. No, no, no. It's just in the senses that the uka will be fili bibi. You understand that? ye bibi ne will be fili na ashmao. See, that thinking is in the senses. Do you see? It's in the senses. Because I just wanted to sleep there for nothing to happen. But we are not children. We are not children. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So the fantasy, I want you to take note of the fantasies, but because at times some of us you throw your honey at your own tea. And that's where the fantasies come in. That's where the fantasies come in. Amen. That's where the fantasies come in. That's why so it's a perfectly healthy habit. So masturbation is a perfectly healthy habit. But pornography is not anything. Is it? Somebody said, a woman married a man that goes offshore. Do you see? So as he goes offshore for a long time, no. Aya nehochere no. Ochi no The woman's so is the woman that went. The man they don't know, but the woman is the one that went to your son. That nehochere no. You see, now there is a case that is the bodily feelings. It's in the senses, right? So in this case, 
the higher levels of the mind must enter to judge, right? And quieting, even though it may seem difficult, quieting because it's not time to unleash them. Do you understand that? So then the sensory part must serve the higher levels of the mind. But this woman went to herself and said that, Charlie, then the herself said, what is your number? Are you on WhatsApp? So the woman gave the number to the Osofu. And then the Osofu forwarded pornography to the woman that look. When yourself does you some way, instead of going out to go and do something, take this whole body. Like, you understand? Take this whole body. Like, this is for way trick trials. So it's like, don't go and cheat on your husband. You understand? But this is cheating. Do you see? Yeah. So when you know things like this, you say, then who then can be saved? <laughs> you see, if you understand, that's why you can't rise up and think you are big and you are something. You yourself, like the thing that are hiding with you that you didn't even realize the depth of it that you are doing that you think that. So somebody will rise up and commit adultery and you will say, look, you can't stay with one wife, right? But you too, you are committing adultery against your wife in the secret. Dizzy. So you realize that you calm down. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, you calm down. So the fantasies are there. Amen. So now, this is the state of the unspiritual person. So love for the self in the rational. Love for the world and the honor of men in the intermediate. And then love for pleasure that is derived from the love for the world, the love for status, the love for the body. Hallelujah. That is where you eat because I do. Hey, so should we eat because it's not nice? You see, now, this is your problem with you. Should we eat because it is not nice? You see, that's your sensory evil part trying to fight the word of God. You should enjoy the food that you eat. But if the only reason why you want to eat food is because it is nice, then you are in trouble. Or you don't see that you are in trouble. Because you eat all manner of things. Do you see? So if you are a spiritual person, can you realize that you avoid a lot of sicknesses? So? Do you see? Because you not just eat because it is nice. I'll drink because it's a like, coke, 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 show freedom, everybody. Because there. <laughs> no, no. You see, what is determining what you are doing? Uh, if what is determining what you are doing is the pleasure that it brings to you in the senses, that's the only reason why you are doing it. You are sinning. Hallelujah. Yes. Now you can write in your book, Last and Greed. Last, last and greed. Write it down. Because the desires in the senses are called lasts. They are called what? Lasts. We last after pleasure. And last also goes with greed. Do you see? Last goes with greed. What is greed? 
never being satisfied. Excess. To take all for oneself, and then it will not satisfy, so you have to keep taking. So to keep taking, to keep taking, to keep taking. Do you know why it is like that for last? The last and greed work together. Because in the sense, say, there is no actual satisfaction there. There's no satisfaction. So the pleasure that is in the senses, when the senses rule, is fleeting. It is fleeting. Do you see? So if it's money that is dictating you, you keep gathering. So when lust rules you, greed is the outcome. You will have to be greedy. You don't have to try and say, okay, now I'm going to be greedy. No, it comes with it because it will never be enough. Do you see? Because your senses or your sensual level was not made to be satisfied that way. It was not made to be satisfied that way. Hallelujah. It was not made to be satisfied that way. So, you've heard of this word lasciviousness, right? Or licentiousness. You've heard of it. What is licentiousness? Licentiousness is deciding what is good based on the pleasure that comes to the senses. Do you see? It means that you are allowing it, you are excusing it for the sake of pleasure. So you forego all the things that will come from the higher level. You shut down the word of God that will tell you anything and then you give in. You see? So to live for pleasure is licentiousness, lasciviousness. And it happens when the senses are in control. Amen. Amen. All right. So, with the unspiritual person, this is his state. So this is the state that God comes to meet us in. At the rational level, pseudo-rational level, right? This is what we are there. Then at the intermediate level, this is what we are there. And at the sensory level, like what someone would call cupidities of the flesh. <laughs> you see, fleshly desires, fleshly pleasures. Are fleshly pleasures nice? They are not nice. They are nice. So that's the nature of the unspiritual person. Hallelujah. So now, when God comes in, now we look at the change. When God comes in, he gives you his word, right? That's how transformation takes place. We say that in order for a person to be regenerated, he must approach the Lord, receive truths from him, obey the truth whilst he turns away from evils because they are sins against God, and the Lord will save him. True or Okay, so then let's look at how this works at the various levels of the mind, right? So when you come to the Lord, you receive truths. So the Lord gives you truths, right? Now those truths must teach you in the rational mind what is good. And that good is to love the Lord above all else, right? That is the good. That is the good. So that good there, that the word of God is teaching you, is going to fight against 
the evil that is there, which is called love for self. Amen. That's in the unspiritual man. So this unspiritual man is going to be changed. The word of God now introduces to you what is good. And this good is selflessness. By you, you are selfish. Do you understand that? So now, if you intend the good that God presents, then the conflict between the new will that is being formed and the old will that was existing before comes in. Please do understand that. All right. Now, the second one is that the same word of God teaches you how you may actually bring to pass this good that you intend. And that is where you learn truths about how you may love who? The neighbor. You understand that? And here, you also now confront what it means to love the world and to love what? The honor of men. You understand that? And the truths that sustain this kind of life. The truths of manipulation, the truths of subjugating people even with their consent. <laughs> you understand? So all the tricks of man to get what he wants are all in this level. So now what the word of God is teaching you is going to go into conflict. It is going to go into conflict with what you have known. Then as you are knowing these things, uh, that this is what good is, and that this is how you practice that good, you are going to have to practice it through the senses. Do you understand that? So you begin to now let the senses go in line with the word of God. Do you understand that? Because you are learning what the word of God is. You are learning how you should apply it. Now, your senses that were before subjected to the pleasures of the world and the lusts that are of the eyes, right? The pride of life. Your senses that were before subjected to these things are now going to be used huh, to do what you have intended from the word of God and what you have learned as to how you may do it. Your senses are now going to be servant. Do you understand that? Now there, because the stronghold of evil is full in the senses, that is where temptation begins. Hallelujah. That is where temptation begins. Why? Because when you are intending good, okay, the difficulty with which you'll be intending the good will not come from, oh, I wish to intend good, but I don't want to. No, it will come from a feeling in the senses that to intend the good will mean that you will lose this pleasure, you will lose that pleasure, you will lose. Meanwhile, we are not talking about the pleasure, we are talking about the good. For example, if you say, love the Lord, don't love yourself, automatically your mind switches to the pleasure in the senses that you will lose. Let's work for God. Automatically your mind switches to you will be poor. Do you get it? So when the enemy is battling you in the rationale to let you not yield, right, to the good intention of God's word, the battling will be coming from the senses. Do you get it? When God is showing you the way to do what is good, the battling that will be coming to you on the intermediate level when it is being converted, it will still be coming from the pleasure of the senses. Because in the intermediate level is love for the honor of men, love for the world, right? This is the approach. If you use this other godly approach, you are going to lose all these things. You are going to suffer the loss of all these things. 
So the threats, when we are trying to align ourselves with God from the rational to the intermediate, are all coming from the senses. Hallelujah. Why is it so? It is because in the unspiritual man, things are inverted, so his senses rule. So even though his rational is love for self and his intermediate is love for the world and the honor of men, all this find themselves and dwell strongly in the pleasures that are in the flesh. Do you understand that? So that is where the powers are. That is the reason why at times you can intend what is good. At times you can even prefer the way of God and agree with that way. That means that your intermediate has also been affected, right? But your problem will be that you love the pleasure that is in the world. Hallelujah. That's why when we talk about evils on the bodily level, everybody wakes up. Because it seems like it's a big thing that stops us. It's not because that's the only place where evils are. It's because the higher evils all dwell in there and the satisfaction and the pleasure that is derived from all these other evils, it's derived in the senses. So now, as you are now intending good and you are applying that good, eh, now the senses begin to fight back. And that is what temptations are. So the fears that are highlighted in temptation, they are the fears of loss in the senses. Hallelujah. It's like your life in the body is dying. And someone even says that you actually feel it's like literal death. So when your senses must give way, it's like death. Hallelujah. And all the anxieties that hell will stir up, it will be the anxieties that are coming from the senses. Remember, the senses are the pleasures. So it will be fears of losing all these things. Those are the things that will be stirred up in temptation. Hallelujah. Those are the things that will be stirred up in temptation. So it is true that you must take the word of God and obey it. But these are the details of it. You can't take the word of God and say you will obey it when through the word of God you have not intended what good is. Right? So if you hear the word of God, say, oh, we'll do it. No, you have to, from that word you have to begin to intend a new good. So you say, oh, go to God, receive his word, obey it. This is what actually goes on. To receive his word in there is to intend the good, to wish for the good that God is saying we must do. To like that good. In the same way, you see the truth as to the instructions of God. In it, you must come to prefer the ways of God. So when God lays out his ways, you must choose it. When you choose it, your evil intermediate will be feeling uncomfortable with that choice. Do you get it? But you must choose it anyway. You can do it. Hallelujah. And then you can start applying it as you feel uncomfortable. Then 
your evil sensory part will now arise. And that's where temptations set in. Nobody is successful in the word of God except they intend good. So actually, there must be a general intent for good as determined by God that you have. It must be settled in your heart that whatever good that God says is the good that you want. You should tell me, like you say, oh, I heard the word of God about the time that I was supposed to apply it and I forgot. Do you that? It is because when you heard the word, you did not intend the good that it prescribed. When God showed you the way as to how things may be done in the intermediate, you did not accept and agree with that way. There was no contention introduced. There was no contention introduced. And so all that I did is that the information came to reside in your head without an active effort by you to integrate that information into your mind. Hallelujah. But you know what the spiritual man is. And so if God is able to fill your rational mind this way, and then your intermediate man this way, and then now turns your sensory level into a servant, then you have been quickened. Paul said that if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit, see this is the actual interpretation. This through the spirit is from the rational and the intermediate. If ye through the spirit do what? Mortify the deeds of the body. Ye shall live. Right? The next verse. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Do you see? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, what does it mean? Vanity of their mind. Fantasies. The things that they conceive, they are vain. What does it mean? Empty. And that is the life of the man who is ruled by the senses. The pleasure that he thinks he's getting is, is vain. That's why that pleasure must go with greed. You have to keep getting it. Let me tell you. You see the pleasure of sex. The pleasure of sex. Eh? When sex is done only in the senses, that pleasure goes away. When sex is done from the spirit, the pleasure doesn't go away. I'm not saying your body keeps shaking. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing replaces that pleasure. The other way, something will replace it. We'll move on. You can never hold that thing. Something makes you very happy today. We are finished. This is like in the series, Sheldon was going to be happy. Something was making him ecstatic. So as he was going to say, a one, a two, a three. Then it went. So, <laughs> so he counted away the ecstatic feeling and then he shut it down. 
That's how it is in the senses. It's a one, a two, a three. So it's as if a jebo, a jebo, a jebo, right? You hold it and say, ah, then let's go for the next one, right? Let's go for the next one. Now you enter the realm of greed. Because you are chasing the pleasure, but that pleasure is fleeting. The world passes away. And the world's the last thereof. So they walk in the vanity of their mind. Let's go. Having the understanding darkened. Now that understanding is in the intermediate. You see, now when things are happening, you have to know where it is. That understanding is in the intermediate. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from what? The life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of what? The blindness of their hearts that is in the rational. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated. So this is the whole spiritual man. Being alienated from the life of God. Remember what the supply, right? Through the ignorance that is in them. Because of what? The blindness of their heart. Remember the first thing you said that God comes to dwell temporarily, they wanting to enter, right? So all these things that we are doing is how we allow him to enter and to trickle down even to the lowest part of us. Let's go. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. Licentiousness is to do things because it feels good. Why did you do it? Because it feels good. <laughs> Why don't you want to do it? Because it doesn't feel good. Do you see? Nothing else is determining your life for you except it feels good, it doesn't feel good. There's no pleasure in it for me, there's pleasure in it for me. That's all. Such people say that they are past feeling. They've given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with what? Greediness. Mm -hmm. But ye have not so learned Christ. Verse 21. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to what? The deceitful last. So it is this old man that must be put off. Hallelujah. So if you are going to ascend, it is this old man that must be put off. And our members must be reorganized and resorted out. And what is above must be placed above. What is beneath must be placed beneath. Hallelujah. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. That speaks of God coming to dwell, right? Upon all what? Flesh. In this case, you can say all flesh is one by one, right? 
or you can say all flesh is the various levels of the man, all of it. And it's that one. Do you see? I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. One. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. So sons and daughters are what you produce. So sons and daughters are the good and the truth in effect. When there's a marriage, you produce children, right? So the children are the effect of the marriage, right? So sons and daughters speaks of the good and the truth that are produced in us, the spiritual product that come out of us. Amen. So when the spirit of God comes, the sons and daughters will be affected. Hallelujah. That becomes our output. Amen. The sons and daughters will be affected. They will prophesy to speak forth, the going forth. So our output will be the going forth of God. The going forth of truth. Amen. Amen. Then this will be as a result of something. Your old men shall dream dreams. Now, the old are those who are experienced. So it is still in relation to truth, but truth in the regenerated rational mind. Because that is where I explained this to you, that you begin to intend as the initial thing. But when the transformation happens, actually now you will it from within. You understand that? And we know that that level of willing is the place of wisdom. Because that is where experience is born. Now you will the good not because God told you, but because you also love it. That is the place of the old man. Amen? And that is the realm of dreaming dreams. To intend what is good. The young man speaks of truth in its strength. So when truth is spoken of in terms of its ability to accomplish, right, that is young men. And that fills the intermediate part because that is the place of means, right? That's the place of means. So that's the place of the young man. Please, I'm not trying to let what I'm saying come for. This is what the scripture said. This is all the flesh. So if it is all the flesh, then these are the levels that the spirit of God must fill. The old men, the young men, and then what? The sons and daughters. And for you to understand, see the next verse. And also upon the servant and upon the handmaidens. The servant and the handmaidens are the sensory part of you. The servant is the male one. The handmaiden is the female one, right? So even upon them, I'll do what? I'll pour out my spirit. So this is God's intention. The sons and daughters will prophesy. There will be something going out of you. Hallelujah. It will come from the old men that will dream dreams and the young men that will do what? See visions. 
then even the servants and the handmaidens, even the lowest part of you, I will do what? I'll pour my spirit. And in this same lower part, where the desires and the last dwell, and that place that becomes the stronghold and wards of any attempt by God to bring transformation to us, that place, that is where Jesus also was dealing with. When he took the cloth and began to wash the feet of the disciples, he said, if that part is not changed, if the sensory part, where the last are, where the pleasures of this life are, where the deceitfulness of riches, the last after the world, the last for the riches and the glory that this world offers and the pleasures of the body, if these things are not dealt with, you will not have any part in it. what are you living for? Are you living for the pleasures of the senses? If that's what you are doing, then it means that your rational and your intermediate are problematic. Just that they hide themselves in the pleasures of the senses. What makes you excited? Because your ruling love is shown in the senses. What brings you the most pleasure? What brings you the most pleasure? In this life, what brings you the most pleasure in this your senses? What brings you the most pleasure is your ruling love, the affection that turns you either towards hell or towards heaven. And I believe that for many of us, that part must be touched. In our hearts, we think we are not bad people because we agree with God as to what He says must be. We like his ways. We don't say his ways are bad. But when it comes to implementing what we agree with, we want to save the pleasures that are in the senses. We want to preserve those ones. We don't want to lose our lives. We don't want to die. We don't want to take up the cross. We don't want the outward man to perish so that the inward man may be renewed day by day. So that is where we get to. I agree. This is the way life must be. This is how I must even do it. But if I do it like that, I will lose respect before men. The last that are in the senses. If I do it like this, men who used to serve my interest, people that who used to serve my interest, I'll begin to miss out on all those blessings. So now the good intent and the good way are now blocked because you have to lose something. And it is your senses that is speaking out loud, threatening that you will never be happy again. The future is not bright for you. To follow God, you are going to have to enter a cave. 
That is when you now begin to rethink the whole thing. Does God want us to be poor? It is not about poverty. It has nothing to do with poverty. It has everything to do to not love money and be ruled by money. That is not poverty. But because in the senses, it is the love for the wealth of this world that is ruling and the glory that it brings that is ruling. To not love yourself means that you miss out on this glory. You miss out on this pleasure. To not love the wealth and to not love the honor of men means that you miss out on this glory. So the simple word that is coming to you, you are finding it difficult because it's as if you lose everything. And what should be your response? I will not lose everything. No. Because it is not the thing. What is shouting at you is not about the thing. It's not about the fact that there will be nothing beautiful in your life again. No. It is about the rulership of evil in the senses. And the only way to win is to give up what you are being threatened with. That is when you don't seek to save your life. That's when you don't seek to save your life. That's when you don't seek to save your life. When you will choose even your dress being intact, right? As against doing the right thing. And some of you don't know that you are being selfish because you are not trying to do something bad to anybody. Do you see? But to be concerned with yourself so much so that you are unwilling to do the good that you have to do is selfishness. So you are blinded by your own self that you don't see any good that you must do. Some of us, that's the state that we are in. We are so blinded by our own lust that it's as if we are existing in a world, we are existing in a church where it's as if there's nothing to be done. And at times, our thinking is that we didn't know that this is what we were supposed to do. Do you see? And if you didn't know that this is what you are supposed to do, then you are not selfish. But it's not true. The message is that you are so blinded by your lust that you have not recognized what you can do. There's a difference. You are so preoccupied with yourself, do you see, that you don't realize that there are uses to perform. So you don't give yourself an excuse. Oh no! I just say no. You are selfish. That's it. I'm not selfish. I'm not selfish. I'm not selfish. You just don't understand me. I really didn't know that I should do this, or it didn't occur to me. And I'm saying, if you were not preoccupied with yourself and the pleasures that you derive in the senses, you would have been able to see that this is something that you can do. So selfishness is not that ah, I'm going to act against you. How many people do that? 
Selfishness is that I'm so occupied with my own interests that I have no sight and I have no vision, I have no interest in being able to be useful to anyone else. also has declared in his way that this is also what he wants to do. So the message is that yield. On all levels, yield. Don't be as the Gentiles. And you know the problematic level. And that's what this thing has been leading to. The sensory part. Because that's where the pleasures, the major pleasures are felt. that the Lord will help us.